0: Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from... Dante. An inmate at... The Jackson Correctional Institution. All calls, other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, press 2. If you would like to permanently block your number... Thank you for using... CenturyLink. You may start the
1: conversation now.
0: Welcome to the Incarcerated U.S. Podcast. I am your host, Dante Cottingham. This morning I'm speaking to Pastor Brian Cole. He's a youth pastor, the director of the Addiction Transformation Program at the Crossroad Outreach Center, and he works in prison ministry throughout Wisconsin. Good morning, Pastor Cole. Hey, good morning. How are you doing this morning, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'd like to thank you for uh, for taking the time to uh, have a discussion with me this morning.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Uh, I, have some, uh, I have some.
0: I I questions I'd like to ask you to um, to get your perspective on some of the components of mass incarceration in America. But but before we get to those, I read your bio in, pre- in preparation for this interview, and I believe your story has some very powerful insights and lessons. So let's begin our conversation there. How would you um, How would you describe the path that led you to juvenile detention and and eventually prison twenty plus years ago?
1: How would I describe the path?
0: That led you to the juvenile detention, and, and and then and then ultimately prison. Uh, so many years ago, how would, how would you describe how you got there? How you ended up in juvenile detention? How would, you, how would you describe that time?
1: Well, I think uh I think, brother, you know, we 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 all have a tendency to blame things and blame people for our actions and, and how we ended up, and I was no different. I, uh, you know, when I was young, uh, I had buck teeth and I was short and I was bullied in school. <laughs> made two of them. I made <mean>, two Yeah, right. <laughs> so bullied in school, so I started acting out in school and then, you know, started getting in trouble. Um at home. My my dad uh treated me like crap, you know, I was uh he was physically abusive, he was verbally abusive. And then my my mom made us all go to church and, and I got the same treatment there, you know, um and because of the acting out in all these areas I was even acting out in church and of course got the finger pointed me there and between my dad and my teachers and, and the Sunday school teachers and everybody else telling me I was a loser, I was a nobody, I was never going to amount to anything, all those things, hearing them so often in all the places I was at uh, probably was, uh, I allowed that to de- de- define the next 33 years of my life, and I became the very things that they told me I was going to do. Right, right,
0: right. And, and, and you know what, it's kind of, that's, 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 that 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 your that truth is kind of like it's a, a lot of people's truth. I, it's definitely mine. I can definitely connect um, to that to that, especially that that early st- those early stages. Um, and, and for a lot of us who's in prison now or adults in prison now, that's where it started at. And um, you could have articulated that part of your that part of your story. You could have been articulating mine and probably thousands of other people. So you. Um, no doubt. So I, I, I so but. So you ended up going to prison. How much time
1: did you do in prison? A total of twenty seven years. Twenty seven years.
0: And and how, and how would you describe for our listeners who've never been to prison before, how would you describe your
1: prison experience? Uh I I you know, Paul, and, and I know you can, can really re-
0: properly placed attorney calls may be monitored and recorded. Please,
1: please continue. Yeah, yeah, they had to get that in there. So yeah, they had to get that in there. you you and I can relate uh I guess, you know, it becomes just a lifestyle, man. Uh, we're, we're so used to it after, after a period of time that it's just common. It's average. It's everyday life. It's, uh, it's the way we live life. You know, we, we live out on the street and we're, we're all up in the criminal activities and, and, and doing the, you know, selling drugs or whatever it is that we're doing. It's a lifestyle that we choose to live. And, uh, you know, when you get into prison and, and you start, you know, you got so much time to do that you, you, just take in your environment, man, and and uh, yeah. you become one with it, right? We we adapt. I guess no that's way. the best word is we adapt, and ain't mm-hmm. no big thing, you know. We don't want to be there. We 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 hate it. We we hate being told what to do and everything else, but you know we don't give it a second thought, man. It's just part of our reality. And, and
0: from and from your point of view now, or uh, getting out of prison after doing uh, so much time. Um, how do you how do you perceive that adaption? I mean, I, I, did, did you see it as something that? Uh, do you think it's so a how could I have adapted to something so destructive, something so something so disgusting? How do you perceive the adaption now, from from your standpoint now?
1: Man, that's that, that's a hard one to answer in a way because you know that I did a couple of big bits. Um, I did two 10-year bits, mm-hmm. um, and both times that I was released after that. It was hard to readapt. Uh, right. Once, once I got out of the streets, it was difficult, man. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you gotta readjust to and reintegrate your mind and wrap your mind around out here. Right, right, and right. I could, I could never do it. I was so stuck in, in who I was in that life and all the things that I had to, uh, live out on a daily basis <clears throat> in, in prison that when you get out here, it's, right. it's hard to change. I mean, it, so it, it was, we're, to, when we're in prison, nothing changes, man. It's, it's right, always the right, same. Right. And in the so, meantime, the world around us is changing. It's changing. When we get absolutely. out, it's different than when we went absolutely. in. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely. yeah, But
0: to, to, to clarify for our listeners, you mean uh, when you were doing time and you got, you did ten years and you got out, it was hard to let go of, of 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 the of the way that that you were transformed while you were in prison. It was hard to let go of the prison you. When you got to survive, oh, definitely, definitely, and and, and, and so the, and that's probably that's probably one of the biggest struggles that a lot of people and that, and that, and, that, and, that, and from all the times other people that I interviewed, um, I, I haven't ran into that to that to that uh, perspective yet, uh, where somebody said it was hard to change back to being free, and so that's that's one angle, man, that, that I haven't that we haven't that I haven't had a conversation about. Yeah, it, it's an interesting interesting way for you to put that.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing about it is that that you know, I was still caught up in my old lifestyle and the old Brian Brian Cole, that Aussie connected I used to be. Yeah. So you know but this last time, um, this little bit of time that I got uh got locked up in jail again in, in two thousand early two thousand nine and uh and that's when I, I came to know the Lord. Um And I got radically saved, and I was no longer uh, Ozzy Connect. I was now Brian Cole. You know, God tells us that when we get transformed, man, we are now a new creation in Christ. The old has passed, and the new has come. And this time was radically different than any other time I had done in jail or prison, because even though I was locked up and I went from jail back into prison, um, I was a completely different person. And what triggered that? <laughs> getting saved, <laughs> coming so to good. know Jesus and Him transforming my life. It didn't even. What,
0: what, what triggered that? What triggered
1: that? Oh, it was. Uh, you know, I was forty-four years old, brother, and uh, looking at probably spending the rest of my life in prison again. And I had just gotten married six months prior to this last arrest to a girl twenty years younger than me who had a six-year-old autistic child that I didn't even know was. Part of the picture until you know the, the drugs cleared from my mind in the jail you right, know right, so i was 44 sitting in there and i was looking back on my life looking at what had just entered my life and looking at where yeah. i was probably going to be the rest of my life and i and this is the story i think of the prodigal son where he got into to such a depressed state and he, he got so low that he was slopping with the pigs that he had come to himself and i think this is the time of my life where i had come to myself I didn't come to Jesus. I didn't believe in Jesus, and I hated Christians. But I had come to myself enough to know I can't do this anymore. Something needs to change. And I think right. because I, I opened myself enough up to that that the Lord had an opportunity to put his hand back on me. And I got involved with the drug and alcohol program in the county jail that was faith-based. Um, didn't really want nothing to do with the faith-based part of it, but right, right. I had to have a Bible to do all the homework and Definitely. to fill in the blanks. And because I, I was getting into scripture, uh, I came across this uh, this scripture in Psalm 51-7 that said, Purge me with up and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And it blew me away because that was word for word part of the cleansing rituals we perform in the occult. And I'm like, okay. what is that doing here? And that's when the whole thing started happening. And that was the point where I, instead of just using the Bible to fill in the blanks, I started reading it, and I was coming across more stuff that was involved in our rituals and questioning, why is this in here? This is just a mythology book. Oh, they probably stole it from us anyway, until I read a book called The Case of Christ by Lee Strobel. And that validated the the Bible for me. It made it real to me. And because I was reading God's Word, because I was reading the truth, the truth set me free. And God said... Jesus said, "You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." So that's the point where it went from me using the Bible to fill in the blanks to God's word filling in mine, and I got radically transformed. It's a beautiful story, man.
0: It's my understanding. It's my understanding that um before I, before I ask that question, and it's, since you made your transformation, it's it's um it's been very easy for you to live
1: your life the way you live in now, haven't you? Yeah, easy to the point, like, you know, don't don't get a misunderstanding that we don't still have our trials and tribulations, yeah. and I don't either. But let me tell you something, brother. After the lifestyle that you and I have lived and yeah. the things that, w- that we went through and, and the situations we got ourselves in, this nothing. life ain't nothing compared to that. It is so, <laughs> so, so easy. No Go ahead, bring on what you got for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring bring nothing compared Hold to the stuff that we put ourselves
0: into yeah. in the game. Absolutely. I agree
1: with 1,000%. Hey, so it's my understanding that you're working with prison ministry now. What's your mission? What's your mission there? Well, you know, I, I brother, I got out of prison <laughs> this last time, and I wanted nothing to do with it again the rest of my life. I was done, all right? Yeah. And a year and a half after I got back out, uh, the Lord kind of set up a situation where I was going to go back into a, a – I got asked to come into the triple prison, which is the one that I uh, paroled out of this last okay. time in 2010, and uh, I'm like, man, Lord, I'm, I'm done with that, man. I'm all good. I don't need to set foot in a prison anymore, and okay. he basically, and, and, you know, when I say he told me and all this, I ain't hearing verbal stuff. I just, this is the leading I felt. I felt. I feel like he told me, Brian, where did you spend most of your life? Who are the people that knew you the best? Who are the people that knew that you didn't believe in me and you despised my people? And it's like, well, Lord, the prisoners, <laughs> my roommates, you know, everybody I was in with. And he said, them are the people that you need to go back to and give them hope. So that's kind of what brought it on. Um, he opened that, that door. I wasn't even supposed to be allowed to go in. I was still on parole. and Because uh, they allowed me into the institution, all the other institutions had to uh, let me in. So. I started doing prison ministry there and eventually um, started going into some jails and other prisons. I'm involved with a, a band in Eau Claire called 513 Free. Maybe sure. you heard of them. Um, I do a lot of ministry with them in the prisons. Uh, I'm part of a prison fellowship, so we'll do a lot of stuff with prison fellowship. matter of fact, I was just up in Nebraska last month doing some uh, prison ministry and a couple of uh, uh, juvenile detention facilities and a men's sure. work camp down there. So yeah, just going back and giving these guys hope, saying because you know as well as I, most of us we get out, we still walk in our shadows. We allow people to to drag us back down and say no, yeah. that's a con, always a con, and then and then we come up with these excuses of man, I ain't never going to be able to make it out here. But he knows I was a drug yank yeah, and be able to get a job. Man, I tell them, yeah. people, shut up, shut up. Yeah, Don't you great, know huh? who God is? He's God. <laughs> <I> <laughs> and like if you walking, if you're walking in the shadows. Well, that's where you're gonna end up, but guess what? I'm walking toward the sun. Not just oh, the boy. sun, but the sun. And and oh, I'm boy. facing the light and the shadows are behind me and I'm not trying to look I'm not that person anymore. I am that oh, new sure. creation of Christ and I'm gonna keep going, moving forward. So I read a I've read a quote from
0: you, man. It said uh you said uh you said you went from being a dope dealer
1: to a hope dealer. Hope dealer. Yes, sir, I, I, that's what's on my business I, cards. I'm a hope. I, dealer. I like that. I like
0: that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, so 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 what are you seeing? Um From your angle now, when you're going in and you're helping people, what's what's that perspective like? Because you know know both sides. You know both sides now. So
1: what's that perspective like? What what are you seeing? I tell you what, brother. You know, I, I am such an advocate. Mostly I advocate... Uh, train, I go out here and I train people to be mentors for guys and girls coming out of jail and prison because we need good, healthy people that have the, our best intentions in mind walking alongside of us.
0: But we also
1: need people in the jails and prisons. And, and, and when I tell people, you know, just if, even if you've never had a thought of going into a jail, just try it. There's so many people out here that think, oh, I'm going to go into jail or prison and I'm going to go and I'm going to bless these guys. I tell you what, man. I I, I come back out of these jails and prisons more blessed than I could ever yeah, yeah. bless them. This no, last no. time I was at the uh, the triple prison here just a couple weeks ago, giving a sermon. Um, I I had just went through a difficult week, man, with a, a lot of stuff from ministry just overwhelming me, and and people shutting me down and this and that. And at the end of my sermon, this, this one individual got up and he said. Uh, I got a request if I can ask it. I'm like, please do, man. This is about you guys. And he says, man, you're always coming in here, brother, and preaching to us and, and encouraging us and edifying us. And we see that you've been down this week. Could we come up right now and pray for you? And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? I just broke down. No, no doubt. No doubt. I, had, I had a difficult week. And these guys, these inmates, these prisoners, these convicts, these rejects of society, that people call us and don't even give a second thought to us and want us punished, blessed me and prayed over me and laid hands on me and healed me that day. This is why I do what I do because these guys and girls in in, in the prisons, man, that, that, that believe in Jesus especially, they're part of the body of Christ, man, and they don't have a voice. And we're in there to give them a voice and we're in there to give them hope and we 're in there to show them the love of Jesus Christ, not maybe even because we want to, but because that's just what automatically flows out of us right absolutely
0: absolutely absolutely absolutely
1: and and and, and
0: it's a uh it's a beautiful exchange both sides thank God for you for doing what you're doing uh please keep doing it um and it's been, it's been such a pleasure, man, just sitting down talking to you and getting inside your head and getting inside your heart and getting inside your spirit. I appreciate you sharing sharing yourself with us this morning, man. It's um it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, we got we got two point we got two point two million people in prison, Pastor Cole. Oh, tell me tell me tell me something. How, how do you how do you believe we got to this place?
1: Well, I got. I think we get to this place. You know, it's it's getting worse and worse in society, and I think we're in a in a time now in our generation where we have an, an attitude of entitlement. Yeah. And everybody is being offended by everything, and everybody wants to be politically correct. We have this whole mindset of, I want you to believe what I believe, and if you don't, then I don't accept you, or you're wrong, or I ain't gonna have nothing to do with you anymore you know, all this racism and, and discrimination and all this other stuff going on. And we're just creating more and more laws to appease and satisfy these people with their entitlement attitudes. There's so many laws in effect now and there's so many guys and, and ladies sitting in prison <laughs> for, for stuff that you and I well know that, that they shouldn't even be sitting in prison for. I think one of the major problems is this whole, the power that the probation and the parole officers have, that even though we don't commit a crime, that the courts can, can sentence us over, they can still put us in prison for an extended period of time for these things. And, uh, and, matter of fact, tomorrow morning I'm going to pick up an inmate from, a uh, Dodge Correctional Institution who just did 14 months for nothing that the judge convicted him for, but him and his, you know, him and his wife or his girlfriend got into an argument and he said some pretty crude words to her and right. I you know there's a lot of times you hear guys saying oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not guilty of this I didn't do this and that he admitted he did it and I know what he said was true because I was uh. there during his uh. his pro parole sentencing and I right. saw his paperwork. but because, Other than properly placed but because he called this girl he word keyword and all this and that he's right. doing 14 months in prison come on man are Absolutely. you serious? No doubt. And this is prevalent in the prison. Yeah. There's a lot. We yeah, are surrounded players. by. a lot I'm, of you guys I'm, sitting in there. I'm surrounded
0: by Pastor. I'm surrounded by them right now. Uh, yeah. That story abounds, man, and it's it's definitely one of the big problems. And, and to be frankly honest with you, I, I just for the for the life of me, I don't understand why they do it. Oh, because, no. because it's 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 obviously a more effective way of dealing with those problems than criminalizing it. Like, it makes absolutely no sense to be why to do that. Yeah.
1: And I, I will <laughs> tell you this. I, in in working on the other side of things now, brother, I do a lot of meth forums. I go to a lot of criminal justice meetings. I work alongside criminal yeah. officers and police officers. I will tell you this. There is, you have one minute there left. Is, okay, real quick. There is a change of mind going on with these people in the in the government and going okay. from punitive we need to do something else about this. We need to love these people. We need to give them okay. treatment oh, and help.
0: Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to thank you, man, um, from the bottom of my heart. And I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, for coming on and sharing your mind, your heart, and your spirit
1: with me this morning. Um,
0: thank you, and keep doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and thank you, Dante. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, and I, I will see you soon, one way or the other. I'm gonna see you, Dante. Keep in and, talking. Indeed, indeed. You have a beautiful day. This is um,
0: this is Dante signing off with the incarcerated US podcast, the place where all of our voices come together. The caller has hung up.